Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, August 25th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host on Tuesdays, Mr. Cole Shelton. we got a really jam-packed show here, Cole, today. We'll be recapping this past weekend's UFC on ESPN 15 and Bellator 244 events, as well as previewing tonight's Dana White's Contender Series 30 and Saturday night's UFC. So it's be a jam-packed show. Uh, Cole, how's it going first off? And then we'll start off with the show. I'm doing well. What about you? Good, man. I mean, besides my picks on Saturday, you may as well start, start with yeah. Our picks were garbage. I mean, I'll just say about that. I don't think anyone did well. Like, I don't, I didn't know anyone that actually, like, legitimately picked, like, Dobson or Jones to win their fights, you know, for, for instance. Or even Edgar. I didn't really see anyone picking Edgar. I know you were, like, on the fence with him, right? But it is what it is, man. I mean, it's one of those nights, Cole, where, like, it just shows why MMA is so unpredictable. It's such a tough sport, man. Seriously, like to to pick sometimes, like it's crazy, you know. Especially cool with these short notice fights. You know, a lot of these fights booked on really short notice. We don't even know who these guys are. They come in here and uh, get these crazy upsets. So it's a nuts sports, man. Let's just start with the top and work our way down. I don't want to spend too much time on the recaps because obviously we do have quite a bit to preview today. But let's get right into it, Cole. Frankie Edgar, Pedro Munoz. Who do you think won the fight, Cole? I had Pedro Munoz three to two. I can see an argument for Frankie. It was a super close fight. But I thought Pedro's did enough. But uh, Frankie impressed me at Pedro. He looked really good. It was a great fight, man. Definitely worthy of fight of the night. Glad they uh, won 50000 each. But to me, Sal Diamato's scorecard, 49-46, was the right scorecard. That's how I had it. I had 49-46 for Pedro. And obviously, there was a lot of people disagreed. There was a lot of people that agreed with me, though. If you go to MMA Decision School, a lot of the media actually had it 4-1 to for Pedro. 17 media members had it for Pedro. Here's three had it for Frankie Eggers. So the media was... Definitely backing Pedro Munoz in this fight. I think a lot of fans actually had Frankie Edgar winning. The thing is, I think a lot of people love Frankie, so it's a close round. They kind of saw his way. That's what I think. I personally thought Pedro won four rounds, if not three. Definitely he won the fight, though, Cole. I think it was a kind of a bad decision. I wouldn't say it's a robbery because the rounds were like close enough where if the judges aren't really watching that closely, I can see why they would give it to Frankie because he looked a little busier, but... If you do look at the stats, and I'm not saying stats matter that much because the judges don't get the chance to look at them, but Pedro did outland Frankie four rounds to one, Cole. If you look at the stats, don't get the time. Watching the fight, I thought Pedro won. I thought it was a bad decision. Now, obviously, Frankie obviously won the fight, according to the judges, so he's probably going to take Pedro's spot at number five in the division, which is insane to me, crazy, uh, Cole. It's just crazy. At age 38, he's a top five fighter at 135, so the question is, what's next for Frankie Edgar? A lot of people suggesting a fight against Dominic Cruz, but I almost feel like he deserves someone higher ranked. You know, Dominic Cruz barely fights anymore. I don't even know why he gets these big fights, Cole, to be honest with you, man. I'd like to see Frankie fight someone in the top five. You know, looking at that division right now, obviously you have the winner of Mirage and Sanhagen, but, you know, also like a guy like Jimmy Rivera, that would be a good fight. <laughs> I don't want to see a third fight with Jose Aldo, though. I mean, some people have suggested that. I'm not really into that. Um, you know, Raphael Sunsell is another guy that you could fight. There's not a lot of options. He'll probably take some time off. Cole. I know you talked to him. His leg is a little banged up right now. But uh, what were you thinking for his next fight? I think there's really two options. I don't really like the Cruz fight. I saw so many people mentioning it. It doesn't make sense. Like Dominic Cruz is coming off a loss. What is he? He really shouldn't even be ranked. He's on two fight losing streak. Frankie Edgar really is one win away from getting a title shot. Why would he fight someone ranked like 13 or 12, whatever Cruz is? Cruz ranked number 10. I don't know how. How is he ranked ahead of a guy like Murad, who's won five straight fights? Explain that to me. No idea, but I think there's two. I think it's um, Corey Sandhagen if he beats Marlon Marais. If Marais wins, I think that fight, Edgar and Marais are really close friends. They'll never fight each other. 
So it's only if Sandhagen wins that they'd fight Edgar Sandhagen, winner gets the next title shot. But if Marais wins, then I think you do someone like a Jimmy Rivera just to, because everyone else in the top five is really booked. So you have Garbrick going down to Flyway. You have Aljamain, Peter Yan. You have Sandhagen, Marais. If Marais wins, you're not going to do that fight. So it's really Sandhagen or Jimmy Rivera for me. Yep, I'm with you on that one, Cole. And we have a comment here. Turn up at May. What's going on, man? What's up, gentlemen? Let's hope we don't have a handful of cancellations or last-minute replacements like last week. Oh, we will. I'm sure there's going to be at least a couple of fights to get scratched last minute, Cole, 100%. Definitely someone's going to get sick from COVID like OSP. That sucks, by the way. I was looking forward to that fight, but they got rescheduled quickly. Anyways, yeah, as far as uh, Frankie goes, I'm with you, Cole. Uh, for Pedro Munoz, it's one of those losses where like, I don't really feel like he should drop in the rankings. You know, it's one of like it's – it's one of those fights where I thought he won, but you know he he lost on paper. So you look at the rankings, maybe like I know he's fought him already, but a Sunset would be a good rematch. Like he lost to him in his debut, that'd be a good rematch. Or I, I think he has fought Rob Fong. I can't remember now, but that'd be a good fight too. But it sucks because he really should be fighting a guy like he should have been fighting the winner of Marias and Sanhagen, in my opinion, Cole. But you won't get that chance now. Um, let's just go through the rest of the card quick because honestly, it wasn't like the biggest name card, obviously. Co-main event, Mike Rodriguez defeats Marcin Prachnio, and Joe Selecki defeats Austin Hubbard as well. Any thoughts on those two fights, Cole? Well, I was impressed with Joe Selecki. I thought Hubbard, if Hubbard, I thought if Hubbard got out of the first round, he'd have a lot of success. I just wasn't too high on Joe Selecki. I know he dominated Matt Wyman. I think that's a fight you probably have to finish Matt Wyman. And Hubbard has looked good against, like, he went the distance against really top grapplers like Marco Matson, Davey Hamos. Like, Marco Matson in the Olympic, I think he was a silver medalist or bronze medalist in the Olympics. Davy Hamas is one of the best jujitsu guys. So I thought if he went the distance there, he could survive that first round of Selecki and just really take over. But Selecki looked really good, came out strong, got in his back, got his mission. He impressed me. I think he probably deserves a step up. Other than that, like Coming Event, that should have been an opener, a uh, third fight in kind of thing on any other card. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I mean, these, they honestly weren't really the main card fights. Like Mike Rodriguez, Martin Pratchett, are you kidding me? Pratchett, you know, three straight knockout losses, Cole. Like, I don't think there's any way he gets another shot in the UFC, not UFC caliber. So, like, he looked good. Mike Rodriguez looked good. And the other fight that I want to mention quickly before I get into the big upset, Daniel Rodriguez knocking out Dwight Graham. That was a fun fight. Didn't wow. know, but great fight. He's solid, man. This guy's really good, Cole. 33 years old. He's got to make a run for it now. And right now he's on a ninth fight win streak. 3-0 in the UFC since February. Um, does he get a top 15 guy next? I think he's kind of closing in on it after he does have a win over Tim Means. Yeah, he's 3-0 in 2020 as well. He's him and Yusuf Salah, one of the 3-0 guys. Did you get Chikadazi? Could become another 3-0 guy this year? But he's kind of that under-the-rated guy. Like He'd be a newcomer of the year, like 3-0. He probably is going to get another fight this year. I don't know if it's going to be ranked. I think it's going to be someone with a name maybe just outside the rankings. But he's just, his UFC run has been so weird. His first fight was his biggest name guy against Tim Means. And then he goes Gabe Green and then he goes Dwight Grant. I know maybe sure, they really. just yeah, maybe they just rebooked that Sato fight. But yeah. I, mean, I think he's a bit past that. Maybe I think he probably gets someone in that like sixteen to twenty range at well to eight. Could. You know, it's funny because he was on contender series. I don't even remember him from last year. He had a decision and he didn't get signed. But I uh, picked up another win, they picked him up, and he's been a great signing so far. It just shows Cole, honestly, you don't need to like necessarily get a finish to prove you're a good fighter but on the contender series you kind of do okay yeah i don't even remember his fight on the i don't either i don't rico farrington i do not remember that fight it was on the same card as where is it uh alexis kamur and oh tracy cortez against maria agapova who we are going to talk about right now wow okay so we gotta talk about this one because we are a betting podcast biggest upset in ufc history cole according to the odds uh, Nick Kalikas 
our boss man over at maoddsbreaker.com. Confirm the closing odds. Maria Agapova closed at minus 1,900, Cole. And Shayna Dobson, biggest upset in UFC history, plus 1,150 closing line. Wow. I mean, Cole, honestly, first off, terrible performance by Maria Agapova. Like, seriously, reckless. Uh, not Didn't look like a professional fighter at all, Cole, in that first round. Like, reckless, abandoned. Yeah. Couldn't she was- I didn't gasto. And at the end of the first round, Cole, I swear to God, I was like, man, she could lose this fight. Just like the fight at the beginning of the name. We'll talk about that in a sec. When you blow your wad, Cole, in the first round, you can't finish. We've seen a lot of times guys and, and girls end up losing in the second and third rounds of this fight. Second round, she had no gas left. Shane Dobson gets a dominant position, just rains on punches, huge upset. I, I just want to hear your thoughts on this fight. What was going through your head when you saw this one, Cole? Well, after the first round, I checked. I just like looking at live betting and stuff. But Shane Dobson is still like plus 600. I'm like, I'm gonna put a few bucks on this, and then it locked me out. I'm like, gosh, whatever. I wasn't like, I was only gonna throw like five, ten, but like nothing, yeah, yeah. nothing major. Like if I live bet, it's just small amounts, just for like the fun of it. I'm like, she's gonna win this fight. But what? I don't get why Maria Agapova was that big of a favorite. Her, she was one on the UFC, and she beat an atom weight at 125. Like she beat Hannah Cyphers. Hannah Cyphers, if there was an atom weight in the UFC, that's where she would be. She also uh, Trace Cortez in the contenders. I don't know why she was obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. This is a fight she should have won, but no way should a girl that's won in the UFC been that big of a favorite. Shane Dobson was like three and four entering this fight. She was on like she was fighting for a job. I still don't think she's UFC caliber, but yeah, it was obviously a good performance. It saves her job. She's gonna get at least one, two more fights, but I don't get why anyone and that person that bet like twenty five thousand to win like what was it like eleven hundred dollars. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I saw that tweet from Darren Roval. Someone bet 25K to win like 1.6 grand or something. Like, it, they thought it was easy money, obviously, but it's not. It's never an MMA, guys. And I say it every podcast, guys, I've said it like since we started the show. Don't bet these big favorites. It's not worth it. it doesn't add- don't even put them in their parlay. You add like 50 Everyone cents. Does. Oh. Everyone does, though. Everyone does. They throw them so stupid. And most of the time, they do win these big favorites, Cole, but the one time when they lose like this, you're screwed. And Sportbooks had a good night, Cole, by the way. And to add, like, adding that adds, like, a, what, probably, like, two bucks to your parlay? Add much. Depends on how much you bet, obviously. Yeah. It doesn't add much. Yeah. He said he had bet uh, Dobson at plus 9.25. Was close to betting right knockout. The prop was plus 2,000. <laughs> Holy gee. You know what? It's one of those fights I completely overlooked. I think, like, 99% of us probably looked at this fight and were like, okay, Maria's going to smoke her. And we didn't even look at the line really closely because we we're like, okay, she's going to lose. So I didn't even bother, like, looking at the value. But – you, you think back on it, Cole, and it's like, Maria Agapova is not that experienced of a fighter. Why is she a bigger favorite than, like, John Jones in his fights? You know what I mean? I wish I put, like, 10 bucks on know, that KO prop. It is what it is, Cole. I mean, like, these fights happen once in a while. I don't expect a big upset. Like, like it's literally a historic upset. Um, biggest upset in history of UFC. And second biggest in MMA history, Cole. Biggest still, Sokaju knocking out Little Nog in 2007 at Pride 33. Pretty crazy, Cole. If, if they were to rematch right away, I still bet you Agapo would still be a big favorite. I, like I hope she come with a better game plan because I was like I said, Cole. It was it was honestly embarrassing to watch her fight. Like, what was she thinking, Cole? And I'm glad I didn't bet on her, but I just can imagine the people that had money just cringing, like, oh, what is this girl doing? But you know what? That's the crapshoot, man. When you put money on your fighters, you have no idea what they're going to do in the cage. You have no idea what their, their opponent's going to do. And if you do lose, it's your fault for betting on it. It's something that the fighter's fault. She had a bad performance. That's on her. That's going to hurt her career. But if you put money on her, minus 1,400, Cole, that's your fault. Sorry, but it is. 
All right, next fight call. Amanda Lemos defeats Mizuki anyway by unanimous decision. Uh, and Jordan Wright defeats Ike Villanueva by Dr. Stoppage, as well as Matthew Sumlesberger defeats Carlton Minus by decision. Any thoughts on those three fights? Uh, I've still not high on Jordan Wright. This is a win over. I picked Ike to win this fight. It, it's one of those fights that it kind of sucks just because it was a cut. Like, if you run that 10 times, you don't really, like, although Jordan Wright got a win. It, is he really the better fighter? You don't really know just because there's cut. He did have success in the first minute, but Ike's a guy that he likes to grind guys out, get them into the later rounds, and that's where he's going to see. It sucks with the cut that uh, Summersberger minus. I don't. I picked minus. I wasn't high on him at all after that. He has no power on his punches. He's just kind of like flicking all his punches. Uh, Summersberger looked good, but man, if I the mullets any any time someone has a mullet, I am picking them to win no matter the odds. That's my new rule for this year. Like my tweet the other day, I said mullets are undefeated in 2020. If you've been betting on guys with mullets, you are a millionaire by now, 100%. Anyways, I'm just kidding about that. But uh, as far as these fights go, and I should have picked Lemos. That was one I was on the fence about. Yeah. I kind of regret that one because I, I did like her performance against Granger. So it is what it is. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, like he looked good for a minute with those knees from the clinch. Really nasty, but it was a terrible cut, by the way. I'm fine with this. Oh, yeah, it, it was a good stoppage, but I'm that's just – how was the fight play out if it went past like the first round? Because if it did, he looked like he was probably going to gas himself out. Ike would have probably been the heavier guy and just grinded on him, but he lost, so it is what it is. And Semmelsberger, I, I thought he looked pretty good actually, Cole. You know, but mine is definitely not UFC caliber fighter. I was wrong about the way I, I looked at this fight. But again, I watched tape with these guys. I didn't like what I saw from Semmelsberger on tape. In this fight, I liked what I saw. All right, we got to talk about this one quickly, too, Cole. So opening up tonight, and I didn't think there would be a bigger upset later on than this, but wow, I mean, crazy upset here, Cole. Trevin Jones defeats Tamir Valley of second round TKO. Crazy fight. First round, 10-8 round, arguably 10-7. Tamir Valley was beating the fucking shit out of Trevin Jones. His body, oh my God, the punishment he was taking, cold kicks, punches, elbows, everything. This guy was just getting eaten up. And I was like, wow, Chris Tanyoni's got to stop the fight. I really thought the fight should have been stopped, Cole. The referee did not stop the fight. The fight went to the second round, and Trevin Jones lands the knockout punch and starts just raining down punches. I'm okay with the stoppage, by the way, because... This dude is wrestling the referee. Anytime, anytime the guy wrestles the ref call after the stoppage, it was a good stoppage. The guy's clearly knocked out, so crazy stoppage. Just give me your thoughts on this one, Cole. Yeah, I saw people saying, like, oh, the ref gave more time to Trevin Jones. There's a big difference. Valley was going to the body of Jones, and Jones was still fighting back. Like, he was still moving. Although, obviously, Valley have landed a lot more punches, Jones was still in the fight. He was never knocked out. He was obviously hurt badly in the body. He was still, like, he still knew where he was. He was still trying to move and defend. Valley have like it only took a couple punches when you get up and you try to wrestle the fence or the ref like he was stumbling he was holding the fence and tried to wrestle the ref like you know it was a good stoppage no one can complain about it just because you don't know where you are you don't you don't even know the person you're fighting at that point you're trying to take down the ref i know so i'm okay with the stoppage there but overall i mean just a crazy card like i said a bunch of upsets edgar uh dobson and Drones, and I think there were oh, Lemos too, so four upsets, crazy, eh? And there was a couple of fights at close odds, like Samuelsberger at some places, I think he was a dog, but either way, crazy card call. And cards like this, again, why I love the sport, man, because even though I didn't do very well on my picks, it was fun to watch, so is what it is. All right, let's go to Bellator quickly, Cole. So um, just looking at, you know, the prelims, not a ton of talk about, but Josh Hill did beat Eric Perez. That's a yeah. good for him. I did like him quite a bit. I picked him on the show last week. I said, that's the guy to bet on. He was like minus 130 or something. Great bet. Sydney Ola with a nice win. And uh, Yaroslav Amosov, another win. This guy's 24-0 now. Uh, 
five and zero Belter Colt. Like this guy, I think could be in the title talks at uh, one seventy. What do you think? Yeah, it's so weird. This guy went from headlining a show to weird. the prelims on some like random card. Like yeah. I don't get what Belter's doing with them. Like you have him headline a show against Ed Ruth. He yeah. beats Ed Ruth. Like look at all his wins. Belter, Gerald Harris, Eric oh. Silva, David Rickles, Ed Ruth, and then he fights Mark Levinger. Like uh, how do you go from uh, like Gerald Harris, Eric Silva, Ed Ruth? To Mark Leminger. Like, I don't get what Belter's doing with him. He's obviously good. Like, he dominated Ed Ruth. He submitted David Rickles. Like, he's looked impressive. I don't get what they're doing with him. It's like they want to now slow build him up. Like, you already had him headline show. You already had him beat one of their top welterweight guys, Ed Ruth. Like, give him a top guy. Give him, like, an Andre Korshkov. Give him someone like that. Like, why are they giving him these random guys on prelims now? Yeah, he should be fighting a guy like Korshkov or. Larkin or Daly, someone like that, and then get the title shot because I think he's right there. I'm um, just going through the main card. Uh, honestly, Cole, I was watch. I did watch the card. Um, not a good card, Cole. I thought it was boring to watch. As a fan, this card sucked. Honestly, first fight, John Salter, Andrew Capel, really boring fight. He did get the finish late. Um, John Salter's won ten in his last eleven fights. He's a really good fighter, by the way. He's yeah. a guy that was in the UFC uh, ten years ago. He went one and two and got cut. I kind of feel like they missed the boat on him. He's actually a really good fighter, but this was a boring fight. Um, Valentin Moldavsky against Roy Nelson. I don't ever want to see Roy Nelson fight in MMA again. Cool. I'm no interest in it. 44 years old, five straight losses. Bare knuckle fighting? Is that the next move for him, Cole? You said he has – you talked to Coker, and Coker's going to give him one more against Matt Mitrione. He uh, said that? Oh, that they were, yeah, yeah, it was a close fight. Him and Matt Mitrione are both at the end of their careers. Yeah, I thought the beer fight was the retirement fight. That was like two fights ago. The, uh, Scott Gorgas that ever lost that fight is getting cut. Then all of a sudden, I see Roy Nelson fighting. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But, you know what? I, I, wouldn't mind, I guess I wouldn't mind that fight. That does make sense. They're both on the ultimate fighter together, and both guys losing skates. Okay, we'll give it to them. Roy Nelson, Matt Mitrone. But after that, I don't want to see the loser fight again. Um, Julia Budd's fight was really boring, too. I know she yeah. won, Come on, you got to finish that opponent. Are you kidding me, Cole? Seriously? And then the last fight. The most important fight, Vadim Nemkov becomes the greatest light heavyweight of all time. <laughs> Second round knocking over Ryan Bader. I mean, it was a great performance. He looked amazing. This guy's really good, Cole, by the way. Uh, seven straight wins now. Look at the competition, too, Cole. Bader, Phil Davis, Carvalho, McGeary, Linz. I mean, that's some solid competition. So I do think he'd be top 10 in the UFC. I, I truly believe that. I, I don't think he is the best guy in the world, like Scott Coker is claiming. I think if he fights... Yeah, Blazovitz, I think, probably beats him. I, I think Reyes beats him, you know. But having said that, those are, like, elite guys. You look at, like, the rest of the top ten, like, I think Gustafson is still in the top ten at light heavyweight. Let me take a look right now. No, yeah, I'm, 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 look, <laughs> I'm looking at the rankings. If he was in the UFC, yeah, I'd slide him. Like, like, seven, like eight, right? Right under Vulcan and have yeah, exactly. Rakic. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's already lost to Yuri Pajaka, so he already has to go behind him. Him versus Vulcan's a pretty close fight. I think that'd be like a pick em. Him versus Rax is a close fight. Like, those are the guys I think he could beat. I wouldn't be surprised if he lost, though. But, like, and then you look Krylov, Serkinov. He's I think he beats guys. both those guys. I think he's above those guys. So, I think right now, like, eight probably is a good spot for him. Yeah. Uh, you're right. He did lose to Yuri in Ryzen. He only has two losses in his career, but he, he is good, man. Here's a great question. Straight wager. What's going on, man? Nemkov not getting the first round from a single judge. An absolute travesty. Are you kidding yeah. I was shocked. Like, I know Bader did have a takedown at the end, and, like, we know that stupid judges sometimes will lean towards that guy, but are you kidding me? Like, Nemkov clearly had the better striking, more effective striking, more just effective more everything. The fact these judges gave it to Bader is embarrassing. Like, are you kidding me, Colt? Seriously, it blows my mind still that 
a judge will give a round to a guy because he steals around steals around the takedown at the end. So stupid. Either way, Nemkov wins, deserves it, and th- we don't know who's going to fight next. Is maybe Corey Anderson, but I heard Corey Anderson's getting a, a tune-up fight. I think that's what Koku said. He's going to fight in October against someone, but maybe he does fight Nemkov because Nemkov didn't take much damage in this fight at all. Um, as far as Bader goes, really quick, Cole. I think that's it for him at light heavyweight. Yeah, he did not look good on weigh-ins. Oh, and you you sent me the video or the picture at uh, Friday morning or whatever, uh, Thursday Thursday morning. Cole's like, wow, look at the Bader on the scale. He doesn't look good. Didn't look good in the fight. His chin definitely compromised at 205. Back to heavyweight Cole. Um, does he fight Moldavsky next? Would that be the next guy he would fight? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Like, who's in Bellator's heavyweight division? I think you probably got to go Minikov versus Bader. Minikov, yeah, that's the fight. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think you do Minikov Bader, and then maybe you do like Italian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's like Tim Johnson, Linton Vassal, whenever that kid something or Czech Congo, someone. I don't know. Their heavyweight division is just a bunch of forty-year-olds. Frank, Frank Mir is also coming off a win. I mean, obviously, it's not like that's a great fight, but it's kind of marketable, I guess. I think heavyweight for sure is Bader's feature. Okay, that's it for Bellator and UFC. Unless there's anything else you want to mention, Cole. But I think nope. Okay, so we gotta get going here, guys, because we got a lot to talk about. So we'll do the preview for UFC on ESPN plus 33. Should be a pretty good card. Some of these fights definitely thrown together at the last minute. Cole, just give me your thoughts on this while I set it up. Uh, obviously, I think it, it would have been a lot better to beat yeah, your Rodriguez, but. This is so much better in terms of name value than last weekend's card. It's actually a pretty solid fight night card. Like you have some pretty the prelims. There's a lot of interesting matchups. The main card is really good to me. Like I think every single every single fight. I wish Lamas Brian Hall was still on. I just love watching Ryan Hall fight just because it it's so weird and unorthodox. It just I don't. Know, I think it's a obviously it's missing that marquee main event like Kevin Smith Alexander Rackage. Good fight. Only three rounds. But if this had to be a year, this would be an extremely good fight night. I'm with you on that one, man, but uh, I think it's a pretty solid card overall. All right, let's get into it. First fight of the night, welterweight boat, Sean Brady against Christian Aguilera. Right now we have Sean Brady. He's a big favorite, minus 380. Christian Aguilera, plus 315. Cole, who's your pick? I'm really high on Sean Brady, and I think he gets this one done. Like I think Brady, again, I'm not really sure with the match being. I thought he deserved someone higher up than Christian Aguilera. Aguilera, you beat Court McGee, you beat Ismail Nardiev. I give myself coming off that really good win over Anthony Ivy in under a minute, but he's still someone that's been knocked out quite a bit in the LFA. He lost David to Michelle. He's lost a couple of, like he got knocked out to Matt Sales. I just think Sean Brady, I know he hasn't gotten a finish yet in the UFC, but I think this is the fight he gets to finish. I think he can grind out Aguilar into the like second, third round, probably at a ground pound TKO win. I'm super high on him. I think he can be a good rank guy pretty soon at welterweight, but I still don't really like this matching. And the problem with this card is there's Basically, every single fight, you have like a minus 200 or above favorite. Like, it's it's not that close, a lot of these matchups, I, in terms of betting lines. But as I saw last week, anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen, man. That's the thing. You, you pick a fight, and you really have no idea until it happens. And actually, you have no idea if the fight's even going to take place. I Like I said earlier, I guarantee you at least one or two of these fights will be scratched before yeah. the card happens. All right, so as far as this fight goes, I mean, I like both guys, Cole. i got to be honest. Like, Sean Brady's been definitely impressive in the UFC. I know he hasn't really, like – been finishing his fights. He obviously won two two decisions, but he showed a lot of skills in those fights against McGee and Nardiev. Um, he's well-rounded, Cole. You know, he's got good striking, good wrestling. He's just a well-rounded guy. He's improving. 27 years old, training with a good camp. So I, I like this kid, man. I, you know, he's undefeated. He's fought good competition. Even before the UFC, he fought good competition. Like, uh, like for instance, Colton Smith, he fought him in the regional scene. That's yeah. 
the fighter winner. I know it's not a great name in the UFC these days, but back when he was just coming up, that was a good experience for him. So I think he's been good. Aguilera, Cole, he surprised me in his debut against Ivy. He looked great in that fight. And he's kind of a guy I overlooked um, because of all the losses he's had in his career. He's kind of like Anthony Smith. He's had a lot of losses, but his wins are pretty impressive. He has fought some decent competition overall. I definitely think he's a live dog in this fight. I think at plus 315, you can possibly sprinkle something on Aguilera because I think the odds should be closer, Cole. I think it's closer to like two to one for Brady. Yeah. To me, there actually is value on Aguilera here, but I'm going to go with Brady because I'm just a little bit more high in him, Cole, a little bit more upside, I believe. So I'll take Brady by decision, Cole. I know that, again, Aguilera's lost a few times by knockout, but Brady's more of a guy who kind of grinds you out. So I'll take Brady by decision, but we'll see what happens because Aguilera, he's got that knockout power, Cole. So he could catch Brady and hurt him, but we'll see what happens. All right, next fight is a uh, women's strawweight belt between Emily Whitmire and Pollyanna Vienna. Right now, we have pretty competitive odds here. Emily Whitmire minus two, uh, 120, Pollyanna Vienna plus 100. Who's your pick? I'm going to Emily, Emily Whitmire here, and I still think there's a ton of value here. I'm not high in Pollyanna Vienna at all. She's on three-fight losing streak, including loss to Hannah Cyphers, which to me is not a good loss. As Hannah Cyphers, to me, I don't think she's that good. And then last time she was submitted against Veronica uh, Macedo in a, a minute 10. I think Emily Whitmire can take Vianna down and probably submit her out. If you look at who Whitmire lost to, she lost to Amanda Hebos, second round submission. And we obviously know how good Amanda Hebos is. And Jillian Robertson in the first round, we know how good Robertson is on the ground. I think Whitmire is just a step above Pollyanna Vianna. I think she can get this fight down to the ground and have a lot of success. I was looking at the prop. Uh, Whitmire inside the distance is plus 353. I don't hate that, but I still think it's still a good enough line where you just take Whitmire straight up because I think she probably should win this fight. I like her too, Cole. It's just it's hard to trust someone with a 4-3 record with your money. Yeah. And that's the only problem I have with her because stylistically, I do like her in this fight. Vienna has not been impressed with the UFC, 1-3. Coming off a submission loss in one minute to Veronica Macedo, Cole, I think that was Veronica's first win in the UFC. She hasn't been impressive. To me, that's a bad loss. That's kind of a loss you fade against. Same with the Cyphers loss. Are you kidding me? She lost to Cyphers? So to me, those are bad losses. Uh, Whitmire, she also is coming off a loss to Revis, but we both know how good Revis is. Um, although it's worth mentioning that Vianna actually knocked Revis out five years ago. She's only Revis's only loss, um, but it's five years ago, and Revis is definitely a different fighter now. You know, overall, Cole, I gotta go with Whitmire too. Just based on the grappling, I think that's going to be the difference here. I believe she will get the fight to the ground, and I'm going to take her by submission, Cole. So I think I think that line you mentioned on the inside of the distance, I think that has a chance to win. You know, and honestly, I think I'd rather almost take that, take a shot on that than her uh, straight up. Although, generally, I do rather play like a money line. Um, I think she wins. It's just, you know, it, you can't go crazy on it because, again, she's a four and three fighter, guys. So, be yeah. careful. She doesn't have a lot of experience. I do think she wins, though. But, yeah, I think you said it was plus 350 or something in that yeah. range. Yeah. You know what you said? So, I mean, I think you could put a few bucks on that because I think if she does win, it'll probably be by like a submission, armbar, rear naked choke. All right, next up. Alex Caceres against Giga Chikatsi at 145. This is a fun fight, Cole. We got Chikatsi minus 245, Caceres plus, plus 205. Uh, I think this could potentially be a sleeper fight in the night, Cole. Who's your pick? I think Giga Chikadazi should win this fight by decision, but you can never plan Alex Caceres out. He really dominated Chase Hooper. Before that, he beat Stephen Peterson. I think I thought Peterson won that fight. I think you probably thought the same. Yep. Yep. Peterson looked good in that one. He got submitted against Kron Gracie. Uh, he has a lot of problems getting submitted. Like He got, he got submitted by Jason Knight. Chikachi don't have to worry about that. He's a kickboxer. I think this is going to be a stand-up fight. I don't see Caceres trying to take Chikadazi down. And something about Chikadazi is he's him and Bill Dariusha become like really good friends. Whenever I talk to either guy, 
they bring up how much the other one helps them. And if you think about it, they're kind of perfect training partners. Benil Dariush, super good on the ground. Chikachu Dazi is that kickboxer. Learns a lot from Dariush on the ground. Dariush learns a lot of striking from Chikadazi. So they're kind of like those main training partners for each other. I like Chikadazi's kickboxing skills. I think he'd just be able to outpoint Alex Caceres. Probably get a decision win. I don't see him finishing Caceres. Caceres is a tough guy. So I think it's going to be similar to like uh, uh, that maybe that Brand Davis fight where he just kind of picks apart. Maybe he gets taken down once, gets back up, and just continues to pick apart Caceres for a decision. But I think it's a close fight. I don't think the odds really show how close it is. Yeah, I did another podcast this week with uh, Top Turtle and May Guy School, which was a fun show. And the other guy made a great point. He's like, Chikatsi has these close fights because he often like will you know strike for a bit, and then he'll take a break, circle around for a bit, and get like you know punched at himself, and then he'll start you know laying some shots. And I kind of agree with that. I think that was a really good um, observation because I do see the same thing kind of happening here. I think you know he'll have his moments, and then he'll have his moments where Caceres will have his moments. So. This is a close fight, Cole. I am going to pick Jigger, though, just because technically, Cole, he is the better striker. He is, you yeah. know, a kickboxer, and he's shown in his UFC fights that he has really good striking skills. But Caceres, overall, he's kind of a hard guy to knock out, and his striking is not bad, and he's got great movement. He's hard to hit a little bit, too. If Jiga had more of a ground game, I would take him here, like, more confidently because Caceres' submission skills uh, on the ground, offensively not bad, defensively terrible, Cole. Like, you can submit this guy pretty easily, I think. But I think stylistically, it's going to be a fight that takes place on the feet. And while I do believe Jiga probably outstrikes and wins a close decision, I, I think the odds are a little bit high here, Cole. Minus 245 against a guy with a lot of experience in Caceres. I counted Caceres out his last fight, and I don't think I'm going to do that here. So Jiga by decision, but I think the odds are a little bit crazy. All right, next up, we have a middleweight bout between Zach Cummings and Alessio DeCherico. And right now we have um, close odds again, Cole. DiCirico, minus 120. Cummings, plus 100. Who's your pick? Hey, I'm going with the slight underdog in Zach Cummings. I think I don't think this is more like it is obviously a close fight. I think this should just be a straight peg on like minus 110 each. I don't really see why there's a lean to either guy. Like To me, this is just a coin flip flight, but uh, I'm more impressed with Zach Cummings. I just think who he's lost to, like oh, Omar Ekmedov, Mike Brazeres by split. Santiago Ponzinibbio, Gunnar Nelson. Like, you really only lose to those really top guys. Let's go to Chicago. I just haven't been impressed with them in the UFC. Lost to Kevin Holland, which looks better now, and a loss to uh, Macbeth Murata. I just think Cummins is probably just going to use his grappling here a bit, just kind of hold Shakira up against the fence, have some success on the feet. He's obviously much better at middleweight. It's a really close fight. I don't really think I'd rather bet on either guy. I just think that Cummins can just be more active, do more in the clinch, do a bit in the striking, and just grind out a decision win. But it, it, as y'all suggested, it's a really close fight. And I'm really not confident in either guy just because both guys are so inconsistent in the UFC. I'm with you, man. I, I have a hard time seeing how you could be confident enough to like lay legitimate money on this fight. I mean, if you're throwing a few bucks on it, I get it. But like, if you want to make a real bet on this fight, I don't see real like a real edge either way, to be honest with you, Cole. Like, they're both pretty like closely line for a reason because they're both kind of in the same spot the Chirico, the only reason i'm going to pick the Chirico Cole, and the only reason is because the age he's six years younger and i like generally picking younger fighters so that's why i will pick him but obviously cummings has a lot of experience and he has some nice wins submission skills are really good too i just feel like he can be kind of beaten to the punch at this point in his career so that's kind of why i'm going with the Chirico. but again cole you know this guy's been really inconsistent in the ufc look at his two is he has three wins and four losses okay his three wins, two by split decision and one by a knee. And the four losses, three by decision, one by, by submission to Eric Spicely. So 
that's kind of a bad loss too. I don't know. There's just stuff about him that kind of freaks me out because Cummings, he gets the fight to the ground, could probably submit this guy. But I think if he stays standing, the Jericho could kind of land him a little bit and win decision. So that's where I'm leaning Cole. But again, you know, there's other spots I think to bet on here. Jericho by decision, but not betting on this one. Damon Blackburn in the chat. What's up, guys? Hey, Damon, what's going on, man? And Kenshiro, I'm not going to write the put the comment up on screen, Kenshiro, but he does not think you should bet on Whitmire and uh, uh, Vienna. All right, cool. Next fight on the card is a women's strawweight. But I wonder if <laughs> I wonder if he's betting on this fight, Cole. Mallory Martin against Hannah Cyphers. Wow, strawweight fight. So I guess Cyphers moving back down. And right now we have um, Martin minus three twenty. Cyphers plus two sixty. Who's your pick? It's I know Hannah Cyphers on three fight losing. You gotta look who she lost to Angela uh, Hill, Kendrick Maria Iacola. None of those are that bad, but I still have to go Mallory Martin. I'm just not high in Hannah Cyphers at all. I just think this is a fight where Cyphers is still undersized for 115. Like, I think, like, I don't even know if she really cuts any weight to 115. Like, she's a she's a girl that could fight at 105 pounds easily. Like, yeah. if Invicta rises after this, I think this is it. If she loses, Mally Martin, I'm not high on her either. I think this is a good fight to see where she's at. If she loses to Hannah Cyphers, it's obviously not that good. If she beats her, she's supposed to beat her. I just think Cyphers will just, or Martin's going to use her size. He's kind of be bigger than Hannah Cyphers. On the feet, I think Cyphers is probably the better striker, but she doesn't pack that much power. I just think Martin probably can get this fight down to the ground, have a lot of success, just kind of holding Cyphers down. I don't know if she'll be able to submit Hannah Cyphers or maybe kind of pound her out. I think Martin should win this fight, but I'm not laying that kind of chalk on Mallory Martin. I think I'm a little bit more confident in her than, than you are, Cole, because I think she wins this fight easily. I just don't see Hannah Cyphers as being a UFC caliber fighter. To me, she's been really not impressive at all in the UFC two and four record and just, I don't know, the loss to Agapova looks even worse in hindsight. Mackenzie Duran, you know, was a great, it's a great fighter in Duran, but still getting finished by her and then getting finished by Hill, finished by Barber. She gets finished in her losses too, Cole, it scares me. Martin, only six and three record. That's another thing that kind of scares me. I hate betting on these, these women with like mediocre records coming from Invicta. You know, it's, it's kind of like up and down sometimes, but I just think she's a much better fighter. She has, in my opinion, you know, fought some pretty good competition and I know she lost to Janaroba, but, you know, looking at Janaroba's last winning, it's Harry, how impressive that was. To me, that's, like, really not that bad of a loss, goal. And before that, had won five straight fights. So I like Martin here. Um, the line is a little high, obviously, minus 320, but everyone's betting at Cyphers, guys. That's what's going on here. Everyone's putting Martin in their parlay. We know how dangerous that is. We saw last week what happens when you just, you know, blindly fade a fighter. But in this case, I, I just can't see Cyphers winning this fight. I, where does she win the fight? She's too small. I think Martin takes her down, just holds her there, or, or submits her. Damon Blackburn. I don't know why Cyphers ever went to flyweight. Gotta take the dog. I think Cyphers a better striker. People give her credit for. She's had tough matchups. I think this is fair. I think his comments are definitely fair. She's fought good competition, Hill, Dern, and uh, you're right. Her striking has looked decent at times, but I, I just again the size. You know, once the fight gets to the mat, I, I don't see her having much success. And uh, Kinshiro says he feels bad for Cyphers. It, se it seems like the UFC likes to favor her uh, favor practices to dummy her against the better fighters. Yeah, I mean, she's had tough matchups. They, but, you know, Cole, I know you said they might cut her. Based on her record, she would she would be 2-5 and five if she loses. But she's someone that I think, like, Sean Shelby and Mick Mayer like because she, she fights anytime they ask her to, Cole. So, yes, they could cut her, Cole, but I feel like she could even get another shot at the loss. They seem to give some of these women, like, uh, longer leash sometimes, like um, – Kaylin Curran, I think she lost like five or six straight fights and they kept her. So sometimes they'll keep them around longer. Anyways, um, next fight here, Mackie Batol against Impa Kasangane. This is a really good fight call. I like this one. 
Both guys recently fought Kasangade Contender Series, Patolo against Darren Stewart, and right now the odds. Kasangade minus 130, Patolo plus 110. Who's your pick? This is a fight I'm not high on either guy. I don't really know how far either guy's going to go in the UFC. Patolo, I picked against him in his past two fights. Yeah, I have Potter, I still like, you lose to Potter, it's not a good loss. But I'm just not high on like, I know he, went, he won his two fights in the Contender Series. I just didn't see that much where I think he'd have a lot of success. Like, I think he can. T- I'm picking him to win this fight. I think he can just take Patolo down, have success on the ground. But he just has no real like jujitsu to figure out how to get a submission. Like his last fight, he should have got a submission against Anthony Adams. He had Adams, like he had such good control on Adams, and he just never really forced or had any good attempts at a submission. So I think if that happens, then Patolo, I think Patolo could knock him out. But I just think Imp is going to just out wrestle Patolo and kind of grind out a decision similar to what he did to Adams on the Contender Series. Yeah, this fight should be pretty good. I, I like both guys. I, I know Patolo is obviously a bit disappointing, and I've picked him in all his fights. He's only one and two now, but uh, I still think that the guy's got potential because of that uh, the striking ability and also submissions. But, man, a lot of holes in his game, Cole. Obviously, the wrestling, the grappling. The getting submitted by Darius Stewart, that is a bad loss. You know, Impa, I know he hasn't finished his fights, Cole, in, in the contender series, but, man, he's looked good, and I think about those fights. And the first fight against Kalen Hill – I think he was a big underdog in that fight too. By the way, you look at his like just record in his career. Cole, he's only been fighting as a pro for less than two years in the UFC. This guy is a really good prospect. Again, hasn't been finishing his fights. There's a reason Dana White picked this guy up. I like Impic Sangate a lot in this fight, guys. You know, and this is someone who who's <laughs> been picking Patolo because I like I liked him on the show, but I like Impo a lot in this fight. Minus one thirty. I think that's a bet I like. So personally, I like Impa a lot here. I think the line is right on track for a bet, minus 130. I think he just wrestles him, Cole, takes him down, beats him up. Probably wins the decision, but I think it, it could be a fight where he does get a finish. And I almost feel like the UFC is like, hey, this is a guy that you can out on the ground. So that's kind of how I'm leading here, Cole. Damon says he hasn't seen Impa fight. I, I, watch his fight before you pick this fight. I mean, definitely go back and watch his fight last week or two weeks ago or whatever it was. It's true. Says Daniel, uh, the UFC likes There's No reason to cut a good worker at this time. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think she makes like what, like probably twenty grand or less. So I mean, if they're gonna keep her on and she can fight, you know, someone coming up. All right, next up, Cole. Uh, light heavyweight rematch between Magomed Ankalev and Jan Kutalaba. Okay, so right now the odds are Ankalev minus three thirty-five, Kutalaba plus two seventy-five. I believe we just broke down this fight a few weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, Cole. Didn't we? <laughs> Give me your thoughts again. Yeah, nothing's changed. I still like Magomed Ankalaev, but you can't bet this fight. He was a minus 210 the first fight, and it was a controversial stoppage. I know he got the TO, but Kutalaba wasn't hurt. He never put him out. You never really saw much, so why is he like twenty more now? He's, what is he, minus 330, minus 340, and he's minus 210 last time out? Like, there is no, like, I don't know why. Like, what did people see so much? Like, I backed Ankalaev in the first fight, so I'm backing him again in the second fight. I just think he's a better fighter. I think he's a better striker. Kutalaba has a lot of holes. He gets finished. Uh, if he doesn't get you out in the first round, he kind of gasses out. I think Ankalaev's second, third round, he'll have a lot of success, but no way you can lay this kind of chalk in Ankalaev. Now, uh, the value is all on Ian Kutalaba. I'm actually with Cole on this one. I think that there probably is value on Kutalaba because it's a light heavyweight fight. Both guys have power. Kutalaba has shown knockout power in the UFC. And right now, it's minus 335 for Ankalaev, which is so high. And He's a lot plus 275. You look at that and you wonder, like, is it worth a shot? It could be. Uh, I'd rather play the dog in this fight than the favorite. I am going to pick Ankle Cole. 
you know, even though I still have questions about this guy, guys, honestly, like that fight with Paul Crank, the way yeah. he got there with one second still bothers me. It really bothers me still. And I feel like this is one of those fights where if he gets put into that situation again, Cole, where Q Dob is raining down punches, does he persevere or does he just shell up and take the loss? That worries me. So, you know, I'm going to pick Ankola because he has shown some tremendous skills in his of fights. Obviously, the, the Dalka, Lugan Blue fight and the Pratino fight, those those knockouts were really nice. And even the Kutalaba fight, I know, obviously, super controversial, bad stoppage, but he did look pretty good with the striking. So I got to pick Ankolev, and Kutalaba, again, like Cole said, has a lot of holes in his game. He's been stopped a few times on the UFC as well. But he has fought good competition, Cole. Look at his losses, Serkinov, Kananir, Tishera, and Ankolev. Those are not bad guys to lose to. And his wins, I mean, he's been pretty impressed with his wins. So if he gets this guy in a bad position, he can win this fight. My pick is Ankalev. I think he does finish Kutalaba by strikes. I think there's a chance Kutalaba can get the upset, though. So it's a dogger pass for me, but Ankalev by uh, TKO is my pick. All right, next up, we have a short notice fight here. Of course, something's going to happen, right? At least this one happened before the uh, the show happened, Cole. So Ryan Hall's out of the fight. Obviously, Bill Algio, contender series guy, takes the fight on short notice against Ricardo Lamas. And we do have odds for this. Lamas minus 250, Algio plus 190. When this fight got announced, Cole, you sent me the, the link to it, and I said minus 300 for Lama. So I was right in the ballpark, but uh, a little bit less. Give me your thoughts on this one, Cole. I'm picking Ricardo Lamas, and I think this is a good match for him. I was picking Ryan Hall against Lamas. I thought Ryan Hall could tap out Lamas, but even on the feed, he showed a lot of in that Elkins fight. But I'm just not high Bill Algio. Like, he had two shots already at the UFC. Lost Jared Gordon on for a fight. Lost to Brandon Lofton in the Contender Series last year. It's kind of funny how he's in the UFC and Lofton isn't. But that's stupid. That's 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 Dana White being a, being a stubborn jerk. Yeah. straight up, it really is. He should be in the UFC. That guy. But like, I'm just still not that high in Bill Algio. I just think Lomas is the. I know he's coming off that loss. He's one in uh, three in his last four. But you gotta look who's he lost to. Uh, Josh Emmett, a split against Bectic and a lost Calvin Cater. Those are all ranked guys. I just don't think Bill Aljo's on the level. I think Lomas is a better striker. I think maybe he might be able to put away Bill Aljo, but at minus 250, I still think it's a bit too high. Don't love the odds on him, but I think Lomas wins this fight. Yeah, I got to pick. You have to pick Lomas, I think, just based on his body work. When you look at his resume in the UFC, he's been an underrated guy for a long time. He has some good wins in his resume. Like He submitted Charles Arvera. I remember when he was a dog in that fight. I picked him there, and I can't believe he won by submission still. But he has some nice wins. Darren Elkins, uh, Sanchez, obviously. But you look at who even lost to Lucal, all elite guys, really. You know, So he's a guy who's been there, and he's been in there with the best of them. The problem is 38 years old, and he's been getting finished, which definitely concerns me. And he hasn't fought in over a year, too. So there's a lot not to like about Lamas in this fight. I would have picked Ryan Hall against him, too. I thought that was a good spot. I think Hall was an underdog. I was yeah, shocked. he was. Yeah, that's crazy. So that was a bet for sure. This fight, though, I mean, Algio, okay, so I I remember him from Contender Series. He had a close fight with Lofton, but lost. Um, since then, he obviously picked up another win just uh, actually last week, I think, two weeks ago in CFFC. So good for him. He's fresh. That definitely helps him here. Also, when I uh, when Cole told me about this, I went to look on tape on him. And if you watch that fight from Ring of Combat, Cole, with that switch kick, that was sick, right? That was yeah. Like, I've never seen a switch kick knockout. So to me, that was amazing. And, you know, this guy does have power. So... I think he's a potentially a live dog. You know, he just fought two weeks ago, guys. He's a lot younger. He's only 31. But the, the uh, level of experience for Lamas, it's just so much in his favor. And even with the layoff, I still got to go with Ricardo Lamas, Cole. I'll take him to win probably decision. I think he'll probably grind this one out somehow with his wrestling, just outstrike him a little bit. But 
this is a dangerous spot for Rooker Alomas Cole against a younger guy who has really nothing to lose. I think that uh, Algeo can win this fight potentially. So Lomas, but Dogger pass. All right, next up we have a women's flyweight bow between Gion Kim and Alexa Grasso. Interesting fight, Cole. Right now we have Grasso minus 320, Kim plus 260. Who's your pick? Yeah, it's – yeah, I like Alexa Grasso here. I just think – I know she's going to be a lot smaller. She's moving up in weight. Uh, Kim's going to have a pretty big reach advantage, but I'm just not high in uh, GU Kim. If she look at yeah, her loss in the UFC, Lucy Pudilova and Shania Shevchenko, I'm not high in either of them. And Justine Kish, a uh, split. I just checked MMA decisions. Most people thought Kish won that fight. I just think Grosso's the better striker, can have more success. Like, if you look at she lost to, uh, Carlos Barra's a majority, and Tatiana Suarez, she has a lot of success at strawweight. I just don't know what she's going to look with a flyweight. I wouldn't lay this kind of chalk on Alexa Grosso moving up in weight. I think she should win this fight by decision, but not a common pick because, Kim, I wouldn't be surprised if she just used her reach to, like, keep Grasso at range and just piece her up. Yeah, I mean, this fight, I don't like the odds on Grasso at all. Minus 320, no. I would not bet on her at this price. Definitely dogger pass again, Cole, I think. You know, I think Kim could definitely win this fight just by being a little bit bigger and just kind of outstriking Grasso and maybe having some more power in her strikes. The fight with Kassam her last fight. I, that girl's not really UFC caliber by any means, but she did knock her out, which was a good knockout for her. Grasso's been up and down the UFC, man. Like, she definitely has good boxing. You saw that in the Colvin Cavish fight. Uh, but some of the losses, you know, her wrestling was definitely exposed. I don't think that's going to be a problem here because I think it stays standing. So that does work in her favor. But you mentioned called the reach disadvantage, six inches. That's significant, guys. So to me, Kim, you know, has a chance to win this fight just by being a little bigger and, and having a little bit more uh, just oomph in her, in her strikes. I, I don't think Grasso will have knockout power in this weight class. I don't know how this move is going to work out for her. I know she couldn't make 115. That's why she had to move up Cole. But I'm not convinced she'll be a contender at this weight class. I really want to pick Kim here. I'm not going to do it. I'll take Grasso by decision, Cole. I, I think she'll be a little bit busier and just win a decision, but this fight is close, man. Way closer than the odds you're indicating, and who knows by the time I see the weigh-ins, because I want to see the weigh-ins for this fight. I want yeah. to Grasso. This is a fight you look at the weigh-ins, I think. So uh, right now, Grasso by decision, Cole, but I'm, I may potentially switch my pick to Kim, depending on what I see at the weigh-in. All right, next up, we have co-main event between Lawler and Magny. Wow, I mean, I love this fight. Obviously, Lawler's taking a short notice, guys, for Jeff Neal, but it's his return to the octagon here against Magny in an awesome fight at welterweight. Magny, minus 250, Lawler, plus 210. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is such a good fight. I back Neil Magny here. I just, Robbie Lawler, he's obviously always has that odd power, but uh, one in four in his last five. He just hasn't looked that good. But coming off a year layoff, Neil Magny's looked good to come back. A dominant win over uh, uh, Ling Ji Liang, and that win over Anthony Rocco Martin was. Uh, he's obviously uh, always prone to that knockout. He leaves his hands a bit too low, but since coming back from the suspension, that hasn't been a problem. He's really had much better uh, striking defense. I think you can just kind of grind out Robbie Lawler, put him against the uh, clinch, use his high. just kind of, I don't know. I just think he's going to be more active than Robbie Lawler, and I don't see Robbie Lawler winning a decision. I think if this, his only path to victory is knocking out Magny, so I think Magny can edge out a decision. I don't see him finish with Robbie Lawler because Lawler is so tough to finish. Yeah, this should be a great fight. I love this matchup. I wish Lawler got a full camp. I would have been more confident here, but I'm going to take Robbie Lawler, guys. Um, I know even with the short notice and, and the odds stacked against him here, it's it's kind of a shot in the dark. But I, you know how many times I've bet on Lawler as an underdog in his career and he's won? Like both times against Robbie or against Rory McDonald, I bet on him as a dog. Um, Johnny Hendricks. I mean, I've, I, there's so many times. Josh Koscheck. This guy's always counted out, man. He's always counted out, guys. Look at his, his resume. 
Uh, go to best fight odds. Look at his Oracle. Like, I'm going to look at it right now because I want to see how many times he's lost and won as an underdog. So, uh, what was his last win? Uh, Cerrone, right? Okay. So, before that, you look at, yeah, the Roy McDonald fight, Johnny Hendricks. Um, what else? There's a bunch of other ones too. If you look at back even more, cost check, like I said, plus he was plus 245 against cost check. I remember that line. Man. So, like, I think that this is a guy that's counted out a lot. Um, Magny's great. Don't get me wrong. He's great. And, you know, it's crazy, right? Because he actually, Cole, might end up retiring with the most wins at welterweight ever. He might be in all fame one day, which is insane, just because he fights so often. There's a lot to like about Magny, obviously, his cardio, his striking, his reach. His reach is legendary yeah. division. I mean, the guy is a good quality fighter, but Robbie Lawler, man, he's got that special KO power. And Magny has been put out before. So, you know, Cole, I, I just feel like there's a chance he wins. And some underdogs are winning this card. I'm going to take a shot. Robbie Lawler by knockout is my pick here, guys. Maybe I'm crazy, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be a good fight either way. All right, finally. Actually, let me, let me get some uh, comments here quickly, Cool. So yep. going back to a few fights, Damon says, I would have taken Hall as well. He's never seen the other guy. Again, um, I you know definitely listen to the podcast because me and Cole, we do our research. But, you know, I would watch a tape myself. I mean, you just go, you know, Google it. YouTube has usually their fights. Uh, definitely watch a couple of fights on guys coming and making their debuts. He's uh, going to take a look at Kim. Salt, uh, Slate Water MMA, Slate Wiper MMA, Aguilar Struggle. He's talking about Christian Aguilar. He says to take Cyphers down. Which fight was that cool? I can't remember now. Uh, the Jessica, uh, Aguilera. Or, anyways, I'm confused by that. Um, David Blackburn, Neil Magny takes, takes it. He holds Robbie in the case for three rounds. Maybe we'll see. Um, Kinshiro says, do not trust Robbie in 2020. Yeah, but like I said, some underdogs will win on this card. I know he's kind of looked shop worn. Obviously, he's looked shop worn, but cool. Lost to Colby Covington, Ben Askren, and RDA. I mean, those are not bad guys to lose to. So I just think the odds should be closer. All right, let's get to the main event. Yeah, and, and by the way, Damon says Aguilera first fight. I mean, I don't see how he struggled, though. I, that's why I'm confused by the comments. So I, I, maybe he had a he was talking about something else. All right, let's get to the main event, Cole. Three rounds. We should mention that. It's not five, it's three. Alexander Rakic against Anthony Smith. Light heavyweight fight. Definitely an interesting fight, Cole. Two of the top ten guys in the UFC right now. And we have Rakic is a big favorite here, minus 280. Smith plus 240. Who's your pick? I got Anthony Smith. I don't understand this line at all. This is my big underdog. I'm not believing the hype about Alexander Rakic. Like, uh, you could say he beat Volkanovic. It was a close fight. Look at who he's beat in the UFC. Knocked out Jimmy Manoa. Manoa gets knocked out every single fight. Devin Clark knocked out in the first round. Devin Clark almost knocked out Rakic in the first round. Rakic was hurt, and Clark was landing heavy ground by him, then just kind of got himself out. And for that decision went over Justin Lett. He couldn't even finish Justin Ledet. And I, the problem with the Rackage, if he doesn't get you in the first round, he kind of struggles. He kind of fades. Like, and the same thing happened as UFC debut, and same thing with Ledet. He turned into a wrestler. You're not going to out wrestle Anthony Smith. If Anthony Smith can survive this first round, I think he's going to have a lot of success. He's and Smith is so durable. Like obviously that last fight, he is coming back too soon, in my opinion. But I think this is a good match for him. I think. Rackage won't have the power to put Smith out in the first round. Maybe I think Rackage will win the first round. Then after that, I think Smith is going to take over. I think he's got a better gas tank for three rounds. I know he kind of faded against Glover Share, but if you look at fight, he like doubled and tripled his normal output in that first and second round. I don't think that's going to happen here. I think Smith can just use his jujitsu, use his wrestling. I think he can win this fight by decision. I don't understand the odds at all. Well, I mean, I didn't think you were going to pick Anthony Smith, Cole, because I'm also going to pick Anthony Smith, which is <laughs> insane. I can't believe I'm picking him here, but I have to, because plus 240. 
Are you kidding me? That's this is a pick. I might still pick Anthony. Yeah, it, it, to me, it's a close fight. It's a very close. I like Rakic too, though. I mean, I gotta be honest. I like him a lot. I think he's a good fighter. If he was underdog, I'd pick him, but he's not. And Smith is plus two forty. Smith is a guy who's proven time and time again he's a quality fighter in the UFC. He is coming off a bad loss here to Glover Chur. Obviously, everyone's fading him. It was three months ago. He looked terrible in that fight, guys, against Glover. We all know that. Um, but the first round did have some success. And you look at that run he was on, Cole. You look at some of the quality of wins he had. Volkan Ustamir, Shogun, Evans. I know those guys were kind of fading there. But Gustafson was a good win. And he's a guy that wins as an underdog all the time, Cole. He's just like Lawler in the last fight. So many times he's counted out in fights, Cole, Anthony Smith, and he wins. And we're like, how did he win? He's an underrated guy, honestly. In this fight, he's being underrated, I think, by people. So, you know, Rakic is, is really good, and I think he should actually be undefeated in the UFC. I thought he beat Volkan, so I, in my opinion, he should be 5-0. But he showed holes in that fight regardless with the cardio as the fight went on. If this fight was five rounds, I would like Smith a lot more than I do, but I still like him regardless, Cole. The question to me is, does he finish late or does he get a decision? That's kind of where I'm having trouble, how he wins the fight. But I think it could go either way. I think it could go the three rounds. But I think he could also get a third round submission like he did against Volkan, get, get the fight to the ground and uh, submit the guy with the rear naked choke, potentially even finish with ground and pound. We'll see what happens. Me and Cole might look crazy because he might get smoked. He definitely could get smoked here. Rakic could just head kick him or it, we'll see. I mean, Smith might be completely, completely washed up after that Glover fight and that he took a lot of damage, lost his teeth. But it's crazy, Cole, because I, I, I kind of feel like he's going to bounce back in this fight. And also, Cole, how often do we see like the higher ranked fighter? Be the, like a big underdog like this. It's kind of rare, right? What are we going to say? Well, Anthony Smith's a guy that he's even mentioned a lot of interviews. He's better when he just keeps going. When he takes a lot of the time off, like that Glover fight was like 13 months or, or 11 months off. He's even mentioned when he takes like a lot of months off. He struggles. He just can't find his group. When he's fighting active, that's when he's at his best. Like that's when he was doing that, like Rashad to Shogun to Vulcan Uzir. Those were quick fights and those were, he was turning around fast and that was when he was at his best. So I think just turning around fast. I don't know. I I am high on Anthony. I still think Anthony Smith can be selling a light heavier and I'm just not high on Alexander Rakic yet. Because Shiro says Kim is plus 245, the best dog in the car. You know what, Cole? I'm going to change my pick to Kim, actually. I'm thinking about it, and I, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i take Kim. I am on the fence. I want to see Wayans. Yeah, I want to see how Wayans. That's what I said anyways. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to switch that pick. I'm pretty sure I'm going to take Kim because thinking about it, Cole, like, why is she such a big dog against Grass who's inconsistent? So we'll see what happens. Let's let's see what happens Friday. Because um, Shiro likes Smith too, so we, we got other guys liking him. Damon likes Rackage. He's a slight lean though. He says this, the winning against Gus isn't holding up like we thought it would. I, I agree with that. That's a fair comment too. Uh, Gus looked terrible against Verdun, but um, I don't know. We'll see what happens because I, I I think Smith can pull this off. And again, I want to look at his record and the UFC calls it dog. Um, He's favorite, dog in most of his fights. Yeah, favor against Glover. Obviously, he lost that fight, but he was a Cool. Plus 210 against Gustafson, plus 125 against Volcan. Um, where else was he? Uh, the Lombard? No, he was favoring Lombard. Oh, uh, was it Sanchez? He beat him, right? Wow, he closed at plus 260 against Andrew Sanchez. <laughs> that's crazy. Anyway, that's, that's nuts. Um, Marcus has a question. I'll answer it quickly, Marcus, but we have to get to contender series quickly. Um, what are your thoughts on Scott Coker and Beltor fighters pushing this fantasy UFC Beltor fight card? Personally, think it makes Bellator look bad. It looks like the inferior product, which it is. Bad look. Bellator, man, it's crazy, right? Because I, okay, first of all, I've been watching Bellator since the beginning, since 2009, when Masvidal got submitted by Toby Amato with that crazy reverse triangle. I've been watching since then. So I like Bellator. I hope they do well because it's an option for the fighters for them to make more money. 
But Bellator clearly is not even the same league as the UFC right now, Cole. Like, it's night and day. The pandemic's really hurt it, I think, too. The quality of fights has got a lot worse, Cole, I think, with Bellator. That last card was awful to watch. As a fan of watching it, I was like, oh, this is so painful to watch. Like, it wasn't enjoyable. If you want to at least enjoy the fights, there will be bad fights in the UFC, too, but it feels like Bellator has more bad fights. They do have some nice talent, but I'll be honest, Cole, I was walking my dog yesterday thinking about it. I would love for them to be sold to UFC and just absorb like Strikeforce was at this point because I think there's a lot of really good talent there that should be fighting the best of the best. Um, this whole fancy UFC Bellator thing, this is almost like a, a kind of the last ditch attempt by Bellator, I think, to save themselves. They're not going to be at Paramount Network. They're moving to CBS Sports Network. Hopefully that move goes well for Nicole. I'm not sure. And definitely, I don't think it's a good sign that it moved TV networks core personally. So right now, you know, I do watch Bellator still, but I don't really enjoy it that much. And I feel like it's kind of declining, Cole. So what are your thoughts, man? I didn't watch Friday's card. I just it wasn't good. If I'm, I'm most UFC fights. I like to stay in and watch them, but I'm not like if some of my buddies go like, oh, let's go golfing or let's go out for dinner. I'm not gonna be like, oh no, I can't. Bellator's on. Like I used to do that. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I and there's some cards where I'll stay in. Like if something like I remember Musasi, Roy McDonald. I stayed in because I wanted to watch that fight. Um, but man, Bellator is not look good and. Their ratings on Paramount this last weekend, I don't know if you saw it, it was their worst ratings this year. Like, their ratings continue to go down at Paramount. I know Paramount isn't a good network for them to be on it. They don't have any sports. It's a lot of just, like, those weird bar rescue shows. You see the commercials over and over again. Maybe CBS Sports is better. I thought DAZN is going to be some form, and obviously DAZN's already cutting them out. So I that's obviously not a good sign. If DAZN, who's all about combat sports, is saying we don't really care for Bellator anymore, they have a year left, like, I don't know. I think this is kind of that last stitch. Like, let's try to see if we make this happen. But the UFC and Dana White are too smart. They're not going to do it because it does nothing for them. If, they, if every UFC champion beats every Bellator champion, it's like, well, you should have. And if one Bellator champion beats a UFC champion, it's like, wow, then you don't have the best fighter in the world. Yeah. And uh, let's see here. Bellator, Kenshiro says, Bellator's moved to CBS. Great move. Now they keep fighting events Wednesday, Friday nights. They can grow that. They went head to head with the UFC on Saturday. I hate when Bellator goes head to head. As a fan, it's so stupid too. It's like, why are you doing this to us? Like, we want to watch both fights. They're asking about also Luke Thomas. Uh, he's going uh, full time, I think, what that show does. I mean, good for him, but honestly, like, I don't consider myself with kind of some of these guys in the business. Just worry about myself and and my my own uh, my own butt call. I got to worry about myself in this business, man. It is cutthroat, and it's hard to get a job right now, guys. So good for those guys. Congrats to them, but has nothing to do with me really. Um, let's do contender series, Cole. All right, let's do it quickly. Uh, five fights here, Cole. Let's start with the first fight according to Topology, Cole. Colin Huckbody against Kyron Bowen. It's a 185-pound fight, although Bowen came in at 180.5. No idea what this guy's doing fighting 185. Give me your pick on this one, Cole. Yeah, he's a natural welterweight. All his fights, most of his fights, I think like 80% of them have been a welterweight. He takes an odd middleweight fight, but I think Huckbody's going to win. I just think he's probably he's going to be the bigger guy. He's just going to be able to hold Bowen up against the fence. I can't see him earning a UFC deal, though. I just, not high on him. I don't think he's UFC caliber. I think he's just going to be able to grind up over the decision. And I personally, like, I predict who's going to win and get UFC contracts. I only have three guys winning contracts tonight. I don't think uh, Huckbody's one of them. Yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. I said the odds for this one. I might have missed them. It's minus 230 for Huckbody, Bowen plus 190. I apologize if I did miss them. Uh, Huckbody, um, four straight wins here. You, you look at his kind of level competition goal, not not the greatest. Bowen, nine and four. Um, seven straight wins, actually. So he's got a nice little win streak going. But again, the global competition, a lot of sub-500 guys, Cole. Yeah, I got to go with Huck Body's fight, somewhat better competition, and his ground game is solid. But, I mean, this guy, Bowen, definitely dangerous, Cole. I think it's Dogger Pass. 
you know, I, I wouldn't bet on a hook body at minus uh, 230. You know, contender series definitely cool. This is not really the kind of show you want to like bet on these favorites. You'd almost want to rather pick the dogs or uh, pick them fights. All right, next up we have Anthony Romero, the Canadian. It's Mike Breeden, 155 pound fight. And Romero minus 190, Breeden plus 165. Who's your pick? I'm surprised this isn't the main event because both guys have a lot of hype. I think both guys can easily be in the UFC. Anthony Romero has a lot of hype coming out of Canada. Mike Breen's look good. I think Anthony Romero's going to win this fight. I think regardless who wins this fight, it's getting a UFC deal. You know, it's a decision win. Both guys are already ready for the UFC. I just think Romero's a bit better, the striker, a bit better fighter. I think he can finish uh, Mike Breen. Well, I mean, there's a lot to like about Romero. Seven, you know, he's, he's an Ontario guy, Cole, so he's a local guy, trains at Parabellum, great gym. Um, fought like an okay level competition in uh, mostly King of the Cage, actually. So it's good. Breeden, eight and two, a little bit older, 31. I should mention Romero, 23. Breeden's fought decent competition too in LFA. So, I mean, I think he's probably fought better competition, but he does have a couple losses here. Romero undefeated, a lot younger. I got it both Romero Cole and uh, minus 190. That's not bad, actually. I think he does win this fight. Gets a, probably gets a contract. Uh, Molina, again, next fight is Jeffrey Molina against Jacob Silva. Flyway bout. They have a couple of flyway fights this season. And right now we have uh, Molina minus 190, Silva plus 165. Who's your pick? I actually like the underdog in Jacob Silva here. I'm just a bit more impressed. I think he's a bit better all around. I'm not high on who Molina's fought, like 11 5, 2 and 1, 9 and 17, 3 and 7, 0 and 1, 0 and 0. Jacob Silva lost the first two fights, and since then he's been on, uh, been on a run. He's fighting guys all with winning records, except his uh, third fight where he's 0 and 2. He probably needed that win, but. I don't see either guy getting signed to the UFC, though. This is the one I don't think. I know they need flyweights. Maybe I don't see either guy finishing them, so I think it's going to distance, and knowing that it goes to distance, you don't see contract handed out. Maybe if they're really focused on building flyweights, no matter who wins gets contract, I just think maybe they'll get another uh, another try next year. I mean, they need flyweights, so I think if the, if the winner gets a finish, they'll probably get signed, but I it probably goes a distance. I mean, even though they've both been finishing their fights, I have a feeling it probably goes in three rounds. I kind of lean towards Molina here, Cole, but you know, it's it's hard to be confident either by considering they don't have a lot of like high level experience. Next up, we have a lightweight belt between Rafael Alves and Alejandro Flores. These guys have a lot of experience. Alves yeah. eighteen and nine, Flores seventeen and two. So this is a fight that probably could have been on like the prelims of a card. And right now we have a pick em fight called minus one ten each. Who do you like? I like Alejandro Flores. I've just been more impressed. Fought better guys in Combate. I've watched him as combative fights. He's looked pretty good. Really close fight. I think whoever I think whoever wins this gets in the UFC. Both of them probably already deserve to be in the UFC, but I'm just a bit higher on Flores' all-around game. I think he can edge out a win. The big question is, does he finish Alves? Because Alves is a tough guy, but we've seen him get finished before, so maybe Flores can finish him and get that contract. I think, but regardless, I think whoever wins gets a contract here. Yeah, both guys really experienced, like I said. I'm surprised like a big promotion has signed them. Alves, he was fighting a Titan FC. He's got a lot more experience, actually. I mean, they both do, but this guy has a lot. And yes, I think somewhat better wins. Flores definitely been fighting decent competition in combatries, but I think Alves overall, he's fought better guys and has better wins against some UFC, actually, former UFC guys like Islandia, Scadero, and stuff like that. So I'm going to take on um, uh, Alves here. I, I I wouldn't bet on it, though. And, and you know, Kachiro makes a great point. He can't allow himself to bet on unknown talent. I don't. 100%. In contender series, you got to be really pick your spots. Like last week, Josh Parisian was a great bet because he's an experienced guy. We know what we get with him. But overall, these guys are so unproven, and we've never seen them fight before. All right, finally, main event call. Jonathan Patty against Jamie Pickett in a middleweight bout. And right now we have uh, Pickett minus 140, Patty plus 120. Who's your pick? I actually like the underdog in Jonathan Patty. I'm just not hunting Jamie Pickett. He's already fought twice in the series. 
submitted against Charles Bird in the first round, which doesn't look good. Charles Bird was obviously not taking the UFC, then lost to uh, Puniel Soriano last time out. Jonathan Patty, although he has three losses, like look who they were. Ryan Spann in his first fight, and Ryan Spann's one of the top light heavyweight. Uh, Punel Soriano and Kalen Hill. Soriano and Spanner in the UFC. Hill was on the contender series. He's only lost to those top guys. I just think, I think people are viewing this wrong. I think people are viewing this as the UFC is really high on Pickett and they want to get in the UFC. I think it's flipped. I think they want Patty to get that name of Jamie Pickett. I think he's a better fighter. I think he get it done. But I think he's going to get a contract because most of the main card, most of the main events they do. But I wouldn't be surprised if they turn him down just because it's six and three, D seven and three. Don't know if they want him in yet. Yeah, this is uh, definitely, I think, a closer fight than the odds indicate. I, I'm kind of leaning towards Patty as well, too, Cole. Just honestly, it's kind of a fade on Pickett. I haven't been impressed with him on the show. He's only actually fought once in the last fight, too, and he, he won a decision. But, I mean, this is a guy I, I think, I don't know, like um, he's had a couple chances, and I'm not really convinced he's like this caliber fighter, whereas Patty, I think, actually could prove he is. Um, he yeah, is coming off that whatever that Piper guy who fought last week, too. So I like Patty a little bit, but again, you know, it, you can't go crazy. Uh, the one guy I like on this card, I guess, is probably Romero Cole. Minus 190 does seem like a lot, but I, I think he wins that fight convincingly, to be honest with you. Yeah. All right, uh, Cole, I know we have to get out of here, but I just want to get your thoughts on a few fights first off. So uh, Dana White, it's not official, but he has teased Tony Ferguson against Dustin Poirier. Uh, Damon Martin reported October is what he's hearing. So if that's what's going to happen, it's going to be three-round fight, not five. I hope it's a five-round fight in November December. I'd rather see that. But uh, thoughts on this potential match? Don't give me your pick or anything, but what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, if it's October, I wouldn't be surprised if it's on that Habib Gage card just in case. Or yeah, because but that Habib Gage card, I don't really think it needs anything else. You have Cameron right. Whitaker as a co-main. You have Volkov Harris on the main card. Do you really need Ferguson Poirier? Like, I'm not too sure, but I'd rather see five rounds. I think that fight's a lot better five rounds. I would rather see it November December headline a fight night card be five rounds because three rounds. I don't think either of them get each other in the third round. I think the fourth and fifth round is where some of them. Where one of them could probably finish the other. I agree with you, Cole. I don't think that card like needs another fight, but this would be a good insurance policy in case something does happen to Habib or Justin. So they might do that. But you look at the rest of that card, it's you know, Whitaker, Cannoneer, uh, Yair and Zabit, uh, RDA, Makachev, and Volkov Harris. So like that fight card, and of course Gage even reminded me of. So that doesn't need another fight, but just in insurance, it could. Um quickly, Cole, give me your thoughts on these ones. Hermanson Till, Maria Spencer, Holland uh, sorry, actually let's do those two quickly. Stuart Till and uh, uh, Darren Till versus Jack Hermanson and Amanda Nunez versus Felicia Spencer. Amanda Nunez versus Meg- Megan Anderson. Uh, versus Megan Anderson. Of course, <laughs> I wrote the wrong thing in here. Um, thank you. What's kind of interesting is did you see Ariel tweet that, or I think he posted in an ESPN article. This is Megan Anderson's last fight of her deal. Mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised if Amanda Nunez wins. They just closed the featherweight division. The, the division's Nunez, Spencer, Anderson. Is anyone really clamoring to see a Spencer-Nunez rematch? No. So I think this is Megan Anderson's last fight of her deal. Amanda Nunez wins this fight. I'm fairly confident she wins this fight. And then the division's close. Jack Ranson, Darren Till, that's such a good fight. It's kind of a really interesting one because I'm surprised it didn't give Till more of an easier fight to get a win just because... They're a guy they were really high, and I'm surprised they never gave him a step back because Jack Rance, we saw Smith and Kelvin Austin in a minute or whatever it was. Really impressive. As the, as the odds suggest, really close fight. I don't even know who I'm picking in that one yet. Yeah, both great fights. Till open as a dog, actually. I think he should have opened as a favorite. Now he is, so he is favored there, but I think Hermison definitely could win the fight. Uh, the other fight, 
Cole, I, that's why I'm stumbling over my words. I'm looking at it. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. And yeah, I was Megan Anderson, of course. I completely forgot there was another fighter in that division. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know if the odds are out yet. Let me take a look. But if they are... Oh, like minus 500? So, no, I think it'll be more, right? No. I, what was Nunes against Spencer? Because... Probably... Was she fighting 600, maybe? Minus 600? I think she'll be more here, Cole. I don't think anyone's going to give Megan Anderson a chance to win. Yeah, because Spencer beat Nunes... Yeah, Spencer beat... Uh, Anderson in the first. We're, we're stumbling over words too. Yeah, anyway. she closed at minus seven fourteen. Yeah, I think she'll probably be like minus eight hundred here. She like opened that. minus four hundred. I think she'll open minus five hundred against Anderson, yeah. if not more. I think it'll be more personally. I, I don't see any giving. I quickly pull the other two fights: Kevin Hall and Darren Stewart, Claudio Silva and Mazen Salikov. Yeah, that was man. Darren Stewart or Kevin Hall. What a way to announce a fight. That was such a good way. I am so high on Kevin Hall. Really interesting fight. Good for Darren Stewart. He said he wanted to stay in Vegas for. He went back to England just so he could get another fight in. Really intriguing matchup to see where both guys are. Yeah, I love that fight. And then uh, you, the other fight, Salikov Silva. You like that one or like you, your eye Hall Anderson Silva? No, no, no. Muslim Salikov and uh, Claudio Silva. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think Salikov should probably be favorite. He's pretty good, but man, it's it's such a close one. I brought it up because I think that Claudio Silva guy is actually kind of underrated. He has a yeah. winner Edwards, too. Um, his hero, minus 850. Yeah, I said minus 800. All right, that's it, Cole. We got we to gotta end the show, man. Oh, he said, who did you pick for O'Malley? We, we both picked. I think you picked O'Malley, too. I both yeah. picked him. Yeah, bad pick, obviously. But who knows if the injury doesn't happen. All right, Cole. That's it, man. I appreciate you staying a little bit overtime. Plug all your stuff, Cole. Yeah, Twitter, Akil, Sean, anyone. Uh, Sean B. Japan comes out this week. Bruce Buffer. Uh, Clay Collar, the professional boxer, former CFC featherweight, picked up a win on Saturday, so talked to him. Probably one of the only MA guys that talked to him after his side win on Saturday. 5-0 and in boxing now. He was under contract with PFL, so I was asking about that, of whether or not he wants to go back into PFL for next year. He's got all his success in boxing. And then the other two, Chika Chikadazi, Zach Cummins, all those stories in PJ Penn, everything else always on my Twitter. Sweet. You guys can check me on Twitter at Martin podcast is available at maoddsbreaker.com. That's the home of the show. That's my home. Also, bjpen.com, mmarings.net. Appreciate you guys tuning in today for the preview show and the recap show. I'll be back probably Thursday at uh, 10 a.m., but I might do it Friday too. But right now I'm aiming towards Thursday. So appreciate you guys tuning in today. Cole, thanks again for joining, man. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.